are in message 11. We're working through the book of Acts. We're talking about heroes of the faith. We're learning as we go through the book of Acts that really records the beginning of church history that, that the book is replete with, with individuals that, that God raised up to advance his church. And the same thing is today. The Lord raises up individuals within the church to see the movement go forward. We call these heroes of the faith. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that's the key verse for the whole book. And, and, and Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. He doesn't say they will be my witnesses. He says, you will be one of these witnesses. And of course, we're looking at certain witnesses that were heroes back then, 2,000 years ago. But we're also learning that as we look at these heroes of the faith, there's these common traits that they have. That, that we're called to also emulate. And this morning, we're going to see a group of believers rise up and demonstrate a hero of the faith trait that is really needed today. Especially is this trait needed in individuals who are within the church so that the church can be healthy, be the church that God wants it to be. And when any believer lives out this trait, and anyone here can live out this trait, you become a modern-day hero of the faith. So I'm going to give you the trait right here at the beginning. Here's our 11th hero of the faith trait. One of the most heroic things you can do is to support spiritual leaders when you are given the opportunity. And there are many times you're giving the opportunity to be supportive of spiritual leaders. And this trait is so easily taken for granted but it is so critical for the health of any church. Now, a couple scriptures about the church in particular. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, Now you are the body of Christ. That's speaking about you, part of the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. You know that God has you here at three crosses for a reason. Or if you're watching on video, you're part of your church for a reason. It's not by accident. Now, what is the reason you're here? One of the reasons is in 1 Corinthians 14, 26. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. You are here to help build up the church, to edify the church, to support the church and its leadership. Now, with just that in mind, I want us to begin reading our scripture. So if you don't have it yet turned to, turn to Acts chapter 9. And let's begin reading, and we're going to see this trait of support for spiritual leaders um, emerge. And, you're, and you're, we're going to be introduced to a group of believers that just rose up and supported Saul. And it's very heroic what they do. Now, Acts chapter 9, you'll remember from last Sunday, or from the Sunday prior, uh, we, we talked about Saul and his conversion. That's really what the whole chapter is. Saul's on his way to Damascus. He's breathing out murder. He wants to arrest those that were part of the way in Damascus. And, and on his way, what a bright, bright light shines from heaven. It's Jesus reaching down by his grace. And, and Saul, 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 why do you persecute me? This voice, Saul thinks he's doing the right thing and he realizes he's persecuting his own God. And G it's, it's Jesus, and it's just this dumbfounding moment, and uh, ultimately, uh, Ananias, who was our hero, 
goes, lays hands on Saul, and he is born again by the Spirit of God. Let's pick things up actually in verse 18. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Now, what does Saul do right after he's born again? I want you to notice. Saul spent several days with his disciples in Damascus. These are Christians now. Saul has joined the way. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. Can you imagine that? He's going to arrest people who believe in Jesus. Now he's a Christ follower and he's preaching that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who uh, call on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? I mean, people just couldn't understand. The Jews were like, what? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Paul's pattern was always to use the Old Testament to prove that Jesus was the Messiah, and they could not believe what they were hearing, the Jews. Well, after many days had gone by, you know, Saul's just still preaching Christ, there was a conspiracy among the Jews to kill Saul. But Saul learned of their plan day and night. They kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. Now, if you've been with me to Israel, you know, the city gate is you have to come in and out. That's the place to find Saul. And they were waiting in ambush to kill him. But notice, but his followers, these are our heroes of the faith. They're unnamed. We don't know their names. But his followers, Saul's followers, took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. This is the first time they literally saved Paul, Saul. He'll be called Paul later in the book. It's amazing. The great apostle Paul, who God used so many ways to bring salvation to thousands himself at the beginning of his ministry needed to be saved <laughs> by a group of unnamed believers. Well, when he, so they lower him from a basket, Damascus wall, and, and then he walks all the way to Jerusalem, and he tried to join the disciples there in Jerusalem, but they're all afraid of him also, not believing that he really was a disciple. They didn't think he's in disguise. Again, this is Saul, the guy who was behind the murder of Stephen. He has, he's the, remember, he's the number one Middle Eastern terrorist. But Barnabas, ah, now he is named, but he's part of this group. Here's another hero of the faith. But Barnabas took him, that is Saul, and brought him to the apostles. Hey, Peter. Hey, John. Bartholomew. This is Saul. And he told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how he in Damascus had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. I mean, all the disciples in Jerusalem can't believe that this guy has turned to the faith. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. He talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews, but they tried to kill him. Here's attempted kill number two by the Jews on Saul. When, they, when the believers learned of this, here they are again, this group of believers, learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea, which is a 70-mile journey from Jerusalem to Caesarea, and then they sent him off to Tarsus, which is a three-mile journey, 300-mile journey north. Second time, this group saved the great apostle Saul to become Paul a little bit later. 
then I love this. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. They got rid of Saul and the church is full of peace. And it was strengthened, living in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, increased in numbers. This is a great passage. I love it. Now, let me kind of set the stage, still introducing where we're going. It's very easy in the church for the pastors and the teachers and the apostles and guys like Saul and even guys like me um, to get all the attention. And I suppose that's the way in many ways, not all the attention, but a lot of attention that God has designed the church. You see, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers. In other words, there's leaders in the church that God has set up and established. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12 says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So this structure is of God. And there are speaking gifts and serving gifts in the body. And the speaking gifts tend to uh, just be associated with people that, you know, get a fair amount of attention. But it's very easy to forget that for this to happen, for guys like me to speak and lead and preach and teach, there needs to be a body, a group of, watch this, supportive believers, encouraging and affirming and helping this to happen in the church. There would be no Saul without the unnamed group of believers that supported him. None. Saul probably would have been killed on two occasions. What I'm saying is there would be no three crosses without the often unnamed hundreds in the body of Christ at our church through the years that have been so supportive. What I'm saying is this. There would be no Mark. There would be no Danny. There would be no Larry without you. Don't take your support of this church and its leadership for granted. I don't. It's an honor. And it's a beautiful thing when any church, the body, supports the leadership. You are a hero of the faith in this role that you play. You are advancing this church because of the role you play. It's heroic. Not every church has people like you in it. 1 Corinthians 12, 24 gives us God's view. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I am dispensable. I am. You are indispensable. Your support of this church is needed. Otherwise, there is no church. There can be new leaders, new pastors, new guys like me to take this role next Sunday. But you, God calls you indispensable. Here's the principle. Your support of spiritual leaders is indispensable. And I want to thank you for supporting me. I want to thank you for supporting all of our spiritual leaders. I don't take it for granted. Our church doesn't take it for granted. And for you, never underestimate its importance. For a lot of you, you may be going through this series going, Pastor, I look at all these heroes of the faith trait, and I'm not sure I see myself. But you're so faithful, you're so supportive, and what I'm trying to share with you is often you go unnamed, unrecognized, but you are heroic in your support. And we're going to talk about what that looks like today. So before we dig into this a little bit deeper and really kind of now exegete 
and bring out some principles about what support looks like. And I see this in your lives, and this will be very easy for me to speak about, especially in this ministry. I'd like you to talk about how important support is in your own life. And here's your discussion question. Can you share about a time when someone became a hero to you because they supported you? Someone arose, and just because of their support of you, you look back on that and you go, that was heroic. Would you talk about that at your tables? Okay, let me remind you of this very simple hero of the faith trait again this morning. One of the most heroic things you can do is to support spiritual leaders when you're given the opportunity. At your tables, you're talking about someone who rose up to be a hero for you. Whenever you and I hear stories of our people supporting our spiritual leaders, I go, what a heroic church we have. What an amazing church. And, and we go back 2,000 years ago, and there's this group of people that are unnamed that rose up by God's grace and supported Saul and saved his life on two occasions. It's beautiful. And this is the trait we want to look at today. So really the question becomes this, you know, how can I show support for my spiritual leaders? I know you love your church, and you do show this, and I think this will point out how maybe you don't even realize how you're showing it, and it will be an encouragement to you. So let's talk about three ways to show heroic support for spiritual leaders. And this is all from the example of these early believers who supported Saul. First way is this. Heroic support for spiritual leaders includes protection. Protection. Now, I don't think you will ever be called to, you know, grab me at night and lower me in a basket to save me from being killed. But I think you'd like to do that because then you could, then you could call me a basket case. And I know that would bring a lot of joy to you. But the principle here is protection, protecting your spiritual leaders, and that you live out. Every spiritual leader needs ongoing protection. And as you support them, you are protecting them. So I want to share with you three ways to provide protection for your spiritual leaders. The first is this, prayer. Now, it's not stated directly in the text, but I'm sure this group of believers in Damascus, as well as in Jerusalem, and there were different groups, were praying for Saul. They were like, this guy has just been radically converted from Judaism to Christianity called the way at this part in the book. Later, it'll be called Christianity. We'll get to that. And they're going, this guy is a target. And we need to pray for him. And they were praying for Saul. I, I guarantee you that's happening. And one of the greatest ways that you can protect and be part of the protection of the spiritual leaders in our church is by praying for them like you do. Even Jesus prayed for the apostles. He said in John 17, 15, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So thank you. Every time you pray for spiritual leaders at our church, you are a hero of the faith. As far as I know, we've never had moral failure at our church in a pastor, in, 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 a, in a significant role and position. I don't know. Has it happened and we haven't known? I don't know. But I do know this. It never happened in my life. And I, we've never had 
our church have to go through that. Why? Because you're praying for your leaders. We need prayer. And all of our young guys, especially, and old guys like me, we all need prayer, amen? amen? And so this is one of the ways that we provide a covering of protection is by praying for them, you know? Um, I can't tell you what it's like for me to go where I go, what I do is God's call on my life, but you know uh, there are many stories I can't tell you. It's weird. You know, when I was in high school, this is going to be a shock to my parents, I used to run from the police at sometimes <laughs> because I wasn't a Christian then. Are you following me? There were times, and now I'm a pastor in foreign countries running from police. I mean, I have had three squads of Vietnamese police chasing me, and I'm hiding in different, you know, I'm just like, it's kind of like surreal, but I'm praying. This is just what God's called me to do. He's going to protect me. But you guys, I can't tell you, I'm in a closet praying, Lord, for my protection. I'm hearing the police literally under the house searching. <laughs> And I'm just like, my mama's praying for me. You're praying for me. I'm in God's hands. And I, you know, I just thank the Lord for you guys who pray for not only me, but our whole spiritual leadership of this church. You know, uh, a few years back, <laughs> we, we, we had the roof on the very top of our sanctuary, you know, 100 feet tall, that roof, you know, way up there re-roofed. They had to get, you know, uh, tar on it. And they kind of uh, put yellow tape around the whole thing and tried to secure it. But we had a team up there and a gal walked backwards off the roof. And her heel drug all the way down, her boot down the wall. And she landed in, on an air-conditioned duck, the only one there. It cradled her. And she only sprained her elbow. And they took her to the hospital. And we're like, I just thought, this is because of the prayer of God's people for this church. Keep praying, amen? So the second thing would be this, in terms of providing protection, which is a support for spiritual leaders, is just your presence. I look at verse 25, and it says, but Saul's followers took him. His followers, they're around him. They were assessing that situation. I love that. His followers, the presence of his followers. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. You know, every spiritual leader needs the presence of their followers. Thank you for being here on a Sunday morning. It's encouraging. I love to have you around. I do. Um, I thank the Lord for you. You, you travel with me to to uh, Israel, I bring you on crazy journeys, and you're with me. I can't believe it. Sometimes I drive you like cattle, but you just moo at me. And uh, then you'll go with me on missions trips. And by the way, my goal, I'd love to take every one of you on a missions trip with me. And if you're up for it, I'll make that as a goal. I seriously would love to do that. And I'm going to be doing more of that in the future. And uh, so I thank the Lord, the trust, and I never travel alone. Never do I travel alone. Why? Because I'm in it for the long run. I want to live for Jesus. I don't want to get wiped out by some temptation or whatever. I need you. And uh, I thank the Lord for your eyes that are on me. I welcome accountability. The, you know, just you ever see anything, 
You talk to me. Man, I just, I'm open for all of that. Um, Diane, here's a spiritual leader going to Mexico. We need the presence. Thank you, men that are joining this team and, and you know, a lot of gals here. But it's not just me. This is not, I'm just using because it's easy illustrations. But there are hundreds of spiritual leaders in our church. We have 112 ministries at our church. All of those leaders need prayer and they need, you know, the presence of God's people around them. The last thing is provision. You know, in verse 25, it talks about how they lowered, you know, Saul in a basket. You know what I think about? Whose basket was that? <laughs> Whose rope was that? And, you know, they used their stuff to actually protect the great apostle Paul. So this group of believers, they provided prayer, their presence, their provision to protect Saul from harm. That's one of the ways that you rise up to provide support for spiritual leaders. Second way to show support for spiritual leaders, heroic support for spiritual leaders involves affirmation. Now, every spiritual leader needs words of affirmation spoken, sometimes, watch this, publicly about their life and ministry. Now, watch this. They don't need you to make things up, but they do need the... <laughs> the truth to be spoken of in love. And Saul made the 150-mile journey from Damascus to Jerusalem. And then the apostles in Jerusalem, as we read here a little bit earlier, they were skeptical about Saul. They were a little freaked out about this guy. He was, you know, killing Christians beforehand. And he was behind the stoning of Stephen. And then, like we said, we read it in verse 26. When he came to Jerusalem, they tried, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him not believing he really was a disciple, but Barnabas. Barnabas rises up, son of encouragement, and he becomes an advocate, right, on behalf of Saul. Hey, guys, this is Saul, man. He was converted. He's preaching in Damascus, and he becomes the bridge, affirming Saul's ministry, words publicly spoken that affirm him, and it's beautiful. Now, unfortunately, you know, the church can sometimes have the reputation of being a place where gossip can live, right? And be shared about even spiritual leaders in opposition to them. And I just encourage you, please don't join that party. I don't think there's much of it at Three Crosses. But heroic support for spiritual leaders involves speaking words of edification and affirmation on behalf of those leaders. You know, Scripture says this. This is such a great scripture. Ephesians 4.29, it's my wife's favorite verse. Other than submit to your husband. No, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> bad, bad. Take that out of the tape. So Ephesians 4.29, where did that come from? This is why we need support. You know, guys like me, pray for me. Would you? It's going to be a rough day on Sunday. I'm just going to preach all day. And that way I don't have to go home. No. <laughs> Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Wow. Don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. So thank you for being a hero of the faith who models this scripture. And here you are always talking positive about three crosses, about all of our leaders. That's not saying there aren't times that there needs to be something told directly to, to me or to other spiritual leader, but it's not gossiping, you know? What, what do you do if you hear gossip, something negative about a spiritual leader? Just speak up and say, you know what? That's not how we do things around here. If you have a beef or an issue, you go talk directly to Pastor Mark or whatever other leader 
but we don't talk. We don't undercut spiritual leaders. That's not our church, and guess what? That's not you. I know you guys. You're positive, and, and thank you for protecting this type of atmosphere for our church. It was interesting a while ago, uh, this is a few years back, but, and this has happened very seldom, but I was driving up to the church for a few days, even on a Sunday, we had protesters outside with big old signs saying we were an unbiblical church. And this is going on, and me, I'm all the cure. I, I love kind of strange things and people that are a little interesting. I'm very much attracted to that. That's why I like traveling the world and just, I just engage. And I'm like, I got to go talk. Has anyone talked? I was like, has anyone talked to them? So I'm like, I got to go down. I'm just too curious. So I walk down. They don't know who I am. They're down with their signs, you know, picketing. And I'm like, how are you guys doing? And uh, I go, so you guys are like um, picketing this church, huh? And, and because, am I getting this right? You believe it's an unbiblical church. They're not following the Bible. Yes, that's why we're here. I go, wow. I go, can I just ask you one question? Have you talked to the senior pastor about what you're concerned about? They're like, no, no, we're here picketing. I go, can I, can I, can I, I can I show you Matthew 18? Matthew 18 says, if you have something against your brother, you need to go confront him first. So the Bible says before you should do something publicly, you need to go to them personally. So you're here saying the church is unbiblical, but you're breaking the Bible by what you're doing. Is that right? In a few hours, they were gone. I'm sure they went to their leader. What are we doing? You know what Matthew 18 says? We're breaking the Bible. That church, you know, and I have no idea, but it was like, ah. So if ever, you know, negative things are said about any of our spiritual leaders, just say, hey, we don't do that this way around here. Or if you're watching this on video, your church, it's, it's about publicly affirming the leadership. You got a beef with someone? Go talk to them privately. That's what Jesus taught. You know, for 81 years at Three Crosses, we've never had a split, ever. Only four senior pastors. Isn't that amazing? This is a family, and one of the reasons why is we affirm our leaders. Amen? Amen. So, how do we protect, how do we, or how do we, you know, just support spiritual leaders? We do so through protection, through affirmation. Third way to show support is heroic support for spiritual leaders includes serving. Now, and serving those leaders with just an open heart. And, and look at these believers and how they serve their spiritual leader, Saul. I mean, they're doing it under the Lord, but with Saul in view. And, and we're going to see how they serve Saul with their mind, their time, and their finances, especially in Jerusalem. And you look at verse 28. It says, so Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So, you know, because of Barnabas, he's given this great uh, platform to keep preaching, and he's in Jerusalem now, and he talked and debated with the Hellenistic Jews. Those are the Greek-influenced Jews in Jerusalem, but then they tried to kill him, and then all of a sudden, I see, word gets out, a bunch of Jews want to kill Paul, Saul, when the believers learned of this. So I see him, the, these believers, serving Saul with their might when they learned this time, this group of believers that has Saul's back, their spiritual leader, they, in their mind, heard about this conspiracy, this plan. Then they took him down to Caesarea. They actually 
made the 70-mile journey from Jerusalem to Caesarea. You've been there, if you've been with me, 70 miles to the seaport Caesarea. They, that's, that's a lot of time back then, okay? No Uber around, you know? I mean, this is like walking or maybe horses or donkeys, but this is a long journey. And they get to Caesarea, and then what do they do? Then they send them off to Tarsus. Tarsus is Saul's hometown. It's 300 miles north in modern-day Turkey, Cilicia. And so they put them probably on a ship to go north. Who paid for all that? We're talking about they're serving him with their mind and then their time and even their finances. And this is what you guys do. You support spiritual leader of our church in this way. Um, you serve with your mind. Uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven 37 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You know, every time you listen to God's word as a spiritual leader is teaching the Bible, you're getting equipped to better serve the Lord in your church, in your family, at marriage, at work. Thank you for serving with your mind. Just being here, listening, letting God equip you. Wow. You serve with your time. Uh, 1 Peter 4.10 says each of you should serve, use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. There's so many different spiritual gifts here in this room. And so many of you are using your gifts to bless this church, to bless spiritual leaders who can't do it all on their own. There are 112 different ministries at Three Crosses. If you serve in this church, you are a hero of the, pay, the faith, supporting spiritual leaders. So many of you, I'm just amazed, uh, you set up, you take down tablecloths, just even in this ministry. I thank the Lord. I can come in to followers and like a guy wanted to just talk with me and I just went into the closet. I don't have to worry about anything. Went into the closet talking to this one man that needed just a little time today. I come in here, I get to pray for people, I get to teach the Bible, I don't have to worry about anything. Want to know why? Because you guys are heroes of the faith. And that's how it is throughout this whole church. There are so many people that use their gifts, that support, and I think it's very easy for you to just like take for granted what you do, but you are such a blessing to this whole church and even to my life, I'm just humbled that, that you are the people you are. Serve with your finances. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income. I mean, who paid for that ticket for Saul to go back to his hometown? That group of people did. Who pays for this ministry to be ongoing? We're over $7 million every year is given so we can have the ministry we have here locally, but also globally and reach hundreds of thousands of people for Christ. You do. You give. I do as well. We're part of this. But you're a hero of the faith as you provide and give of your finances, serve the Lord with your mind and your time and your finances. <clears throat> Last Sunday, I told you the story of Pastor Dennis from Cuba, who was saved out of Santeria, the guy all tatted up, and God has called him by his grace, I mean, set free from demonic possession, and the story is absolutely amazing, and I share with you how he took us to this plot of land where he wants to 
plant, his dream is to plant a church in the middle of Santeria, this witchcraft religious system that, that thousands of Cubans are literally hooked into. And, and it's a scary area. I'm just like, Lord, the darkness is all around. It was his dream. And I shared that story with you just briefly. You know, at the end of that story, someone came up to me, put something in my hand, paid for all of it. Hallelujah. And I'm just like, this, this is what God's people do, you know? I mean, that is just one of many. I think of the widow's mites. I think of Jesus, how he views when we give. It's not the amount, it's the hearts. And there are so many hearts that give at three crosses. Let me tell you, you give from your heart a dollar to missions, that's as much as a person giving $10,000. Are you following me? God works it all out. But I, I just find you guys to be so heroic. I can't believe this church who we are and what we are doing here and around the world. And it's because of people like you that are so supportive of guys like me and Danny and Larry and all of our staff and dozens and dozens of spiritual leaders at our church. I thank God for you. Um, I want you to notice here, look at verse 31. There are six benefits that result in the church from the heroic support of spiritual leaders. In other words, when you have godly spiritual leaders that are supported by hundreds of people like you, something happens in the church, and it's this. Verse 31 says this, Then the church, as a result of this dynamic, spiritual leaders leading, supportive body supporting, then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed, first of all, there's joy. Enjoyed a time of peace. There's peace in that church. And was strengthened. There's strength in that church. Living in the fear of the Lord. That's reverence in that church. And encouraged by the Holy Spirit. There's encouragement in that church. And increasing in numbers. There's growth in that church. Do you believe those things characterize our church? That was kind of weak. <laughs> I think you would say yes. I mean, for the most part. You see, when the church has godly spiritual leaders and heroic support of those leaders from God's people in the church, these awesome benefits result. This is the church being the church. Every church should be a church of joy and peace and strength and reverence and encouragement and growth. But the church will only be that when you have godly spiritual leaders and then godly followers, godly supporters, who are supporting the ministry of the church the way you guys do. And it's awesome. I'm humbled. You, you guys protect me. You serve with me. You support. Uh, and I am I'm so, you affirm. For some uh, pastors, being a pastor's wife is the most difficult thing in the church. And she's just a target. It's a joy for Tracy and I serve in this church. It really is. It's incredible. And I just thank God for each of you. You're part of the whole that makes this church a beautiful place. I'd like you to talk about this, a little bit about your tables. Of the three ways to show heroic support for spiritual leaders, which way do you believe maybe is the most important of those three? Could you talk about that? Go for it. Okay, let me uh, bring you back to our hero of the faith trait today. I think you can see it on your outlines. One of the most heroic things you can do is to support spiritual leaders 
when given the opportunity. And we're always given the opportunity, especially on Sundays, but throughout the week as well. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ. Each of you is part of it. You are, by God's sovereign plan, part of this body. God has you here for a reason. Why? Everything must be done so that the church would be built up. God wants you to be part of the building up of three crosses. So I want to thank you for being a bodybuilder. You're like honored. A supporter of the spiritual leadership of this church. Thank you. Thank you. You know, there's a cartoon that uh, I had come across years ago. And just look at this. Uh, Secretary comes in. She says, oh, at 9 you meet with skepticism. At 10 you meet with resistance. At noon you meet with ridicule and derision. And I saw that and my kind of heart goes out. Praise the Lord. This is not the typical experience of a pastor at Three Crosses. It's just not. There are times I take hits. There are times, you know, there's lines that form, wanting to talk to pastors. All of us get it. And then someone will just cut into me. And in those moments, you know, I just try to remember there's always something. You know, people who are hurting tend to hurt others. And you know what? I'm a big guy, and I, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't want to say I'm thick-skinned to it, because I'm like you. And there's times I deserve things. And, and, and I always try to remember, any kind of criticism, there's always an element of truth, I think, to every criticism. And I always try to take that and learn from it. But I just want to say thank you for allowing our church to not be like that cartoon. Thank you for being a hero of the faith. I'm so grateful for the support that you spiritual leaders provide. It is very seldom, you know, that in this group, seldom. You guys are so supportive. I'm just amazed. And I stand in awe of that. And that's really the whole church. You know, what kind of hits me is this. Um, other than Barnabas, we don't know the names of this group of believers, these heroes of the faith who supported Saul. We don't know their names. They're not mentioned. They protected Saul, affirmed Saul, served Saul. They saved Saul's life on two occasions. I think on many occasions you guys have saved me, seriously. But what I love about this is I believe God knows their names and God knows your name. You are the reason this church continues to move forward with joy and peace and strength and reverence and encouragement and growth. You're a hero of the faith. Thank you for being you. I don't know if you've ever, you know, just seen, I know you've seen geese fly and you've seen a picture somewhat like that, maybe a little less blurry, okay? But do you know why geese fly in formation? They do so because it reduces the wind resistance. And then watch this. The group as a whole can fly 71% further than if they tried to do it alone. Isn't that amazing? And do you know what the geese are doing behind the lead goose? They are honking encouragement. So all together, I want to I hear your best goose honking encouragement personation. Right now, bring it. Let me hear it. Come on, honk. Let me hear it. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, just so you know, that is always how you sound to me when you talk to me on a Sunday morning. <laughs> Thank you for supporting spiritual leaders when given the opportunity. Thank you for being a hero of the faith. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I don't know uh, if Saul really even deserved those leaders risking their lives to save him on those two occasions. I, I suppose he did. Uh, there's a lot of times, Lord, I've done things that I don't deserve the grace you've shown me and the people in this church that you've raised up that have actually supported four senior pastors and so many senior, you know, associates and others. And not that we're into titles. We're not. We're just amazed at, Lord, how much support there is at this church. For those in leadership, for those leading these 112 ministries, and you've blessed our church truly with joy and peace and strength and reverence and encouragement and growth. And it's, it's beautiful to behold, Lord. And so I just pray that your people would receive the blessing of being a hero of the faith rather than having to like feel like they need to go from here striving to become something. Let them just receive your blessing today. They are part sovereignly of your church here and it's a beautiful church not a perfect church we realize that but lord it's a beautiful church and it's because of heroes like this and lord so may that tribe ever increase in this church for your glory honor and praise everybody says Amen. all right